0: Welcome to the Beacon Way Podcast, where your hosts, Jennifer Christensen and Adrian Wilkerson, talk shop about what really works in today's digital marketing world. As the co-founders of Beacon Media and Marketing, Jennifer and Adrian have been a part of digital marketing since its early stages, in the mid-2000s. Tune in as they shine light on what works and what doesn't in the ever-changing world of digital marketing for small businesses.
1: to our second of four parts for understanding your brand message and how to really get that articulated and making sure that is a foundation to the rest of your marketing. So today, Jennifer and I are going to be talking about your target audience, really digging into who they are, why it's important to know who they are. We're going to dig in deeper than most people do. Most people stop with a client profile. We're going to dig deeper than that. Today, we're going to talk about hobbies and all kinds of different things, interests and pain points and all kinds of stuff today. So with that, we're going to jump right in. So Jen, you are our CMO here at Beacon, our chief marketing officer. So when you're going to be walking a new client through or maybe a prospect through
2: identifying who their target audience is, where do you usually start with them? Yeah. I mean, it goes back to what we talked about on the first episode, which is making sure first that they know who they are and what their brand represents. And that's really our jumping off point. So now you've got their point of view on the world, their point of view on the industry, who they are confident in who they are. And now the next step is, okay, who's my niche? Who's who's going to resonate with me? There's a lot of different ways to approach this. So we can look at it from a You can look at it all the way down to a personality profile if you want to look at it that way. Depending on the size of your business, again, if you're a solo entrepreneur or an entrepreneur that's a little bit smaller, that can be a really great way to do it. So that you're you're looking at, you know, I work really well with people that have more of like a promoter style. You know, that tends to be somebody that I really relate with really well. I work really well with more somebody who's more empathetic or humble. I mean, that seems very touchy feely, but it's really true. We've seen it in our own business that connections like that relationally, when you are similar to somebody can be really good in working relationships, but for like a process, I mean, the first place to start is really looking at the way, the point of view, the way that you have in your industry, the problems that you're solving, how does that interrelate to the frustrations and the issues that people have out there? So Even if it's 5% of the population has an issue, let's say you're an HVAC company and 5% and you are an HVAC company that has embraced technology. That's something that you're you're really focused on is having a way to track the HVAC, let's say, and to make sure that their systems are working all the time. And that's something a little bit unique in your industry. Okay, so who is going to relate to that? Well, people that travel a lot. Right. If they're not home a lot and if they live in a cold climate and their heater goes out, that means their entire house floods. So, having the ability to have that technology that makes you a little bit different than your competition, that can be part of your target audiences people that travel a lot, people that love technology, people that just think it's cool to be able to track that. So, you start matching your point of view and what's unique about you to the problem that you're solving. In the industry and the people that would most benefit from you solving that problem. That's very high level and basic, but I actually think we miss it all the time. So we have a, a dentist that is really one of the most successful dentists in our city. And what he's done so well is this exact thing where he identified that by offering emergency care outside of normal dental hours, and by offering a little bit more flexible payments and being open on Saturday. He had a unique point of view, a unique problem that he was solving. And then once he figured out, okay, I've got this unique thing that I'm doing that other dentists aren't doing, then when we created the target audience, it was for working single moms. It was for people that work on the slope that are only in town for short periods of time. And by hitting those target markets, he's been very, very successful. You know, where somebody else who those things aren't problems for, he might do okay, but he's not going to like, you know, hit the conversion levels that we're hitting for him because we've matched the target market with his point of view and with his unique offering. Right. So that's pretty high level, but that's where I would start.
1: Absolutely. Well, and I used to work a lot with an organization called BNI Business Network International. And one of the things that they would say a lot that I think has served us well in our business as well is that people don't like to be sold, but they love to buy. And they want to buy from somebody that they know, like, and trust.
2: Absolutely. Will,
1: yeah. So that is the reason why developing your target audience and really... Profiling has gotten a really bad rap, but you are, you're profiling your ideal client because like Jen said, when you can connect that passion of yours and your unique position in the business world, you connect that with that target audience, you are so much more likely to build that trust, to build that connection faster which means then that your target audience is much less likely if ever to feel like they're getting sold. Instead, it's more like presenting them an opportunity to purchase from somebody that they know, like, and trust because you're meeting them where they're at. And so to meet them them where they're at, you have to profile them (laughs) because you have to understand them on a deeper level. And when those two are aligned well, your target audience and your and who you are and your story and all the stuff we talked about in our last episode, then your marketing goes a lot farther because you have less barriers to overcome in connecting with those people that are much more of your ideal client. It doesn't mean you can't take care of or sell your product or your service to client A, B, C, and Z, but maybe B and C, those are your sweet spots. Those are the people that you really connect with. That's the people that are usually the most profitable. And the people on the fringe, you'll still get. And I think that's one of the hardest things that we heard and we had to even overcome ourselves is that niching down, niching down still gets you good clientele and you're not actually eliminating as much as you think you are. And that's the fear piece that we had to work through and that we heard so often from our clients is, well, if I narrow my message down to that one or two major target audiences, then I'm alienating everybody else. People, humanity in general, we tend to hear what we want to hear, right? So everything that we hear, we're getting through our own filter. So when you're niching down and you're really narrowing your message down and it's true and it really reflects you there are still going to be other people that are going to resonate with other elements of that messaging
2: and they're going to come. Yeah. Yeah. a it's such a good point because that is the fear playing into it. Just because the HVAC company has the technology that helps the person that travels does not mean that other people aren't going to call the HVAC company for regular services. In fact, they're going to see, their messaging out there consistently, right? If you if you hire a good marketing company, if you do good marketing yourself, and they're going to call them for other reasons, but they are hitting such a sweet spot, like you said, with that unique message that they get both. Right. And when you broaden your message
1: so much, which is the natural tendency, I would say with most people, well, we got to appeal to everybody. We have to have the most broad message possible because we don't want to miss anybody, or offend anybody. And what ends up happening is instead, you don't get anybody, or you get very little because you're too broad. And so that actually has the opposite effect that you would imagine that it would. Mm -hmm. But when you're getting told this message, and you haven't really experienced it yet for yourself, it's terrifying. So if this thought of niching down at this level terrifies you, what we're talking about right now terrifies you, you are not alone. That is one of the most common experiences. And until Jen and I experienced this ourselves, we, it terrified us. And we're a marketing company. And we knew this. And yet it was so <laughs> terrifying, right? And we went yeah. off for a long time, actually. And we would stick our toe in the water once in a while and try a campaign that was niched down. And we get great results every time we did it. And yet it took us years to actually implement that Company. Mm -hmm. So if you're in that place right now, I just really want to encourage you that you're not alone. And I hope that you can move to that place faster than Jen and I did. I hope you can hear this and go, okay, I can do this. Because the faster you do it, the faster the results are and the faster your business is going to grow. And or the faster your profit margins are going to grow. There's so many implications to it. And this is part of jumping off that cliff and building their plan on the way down. This is a part of it. But this is one of those leaps of faith that is challenging, and it's very scary. And so if you're feeling like that, I wish somebody would have told us that back in the day. Like, yes, you're right. This is scary, but it is so worth doing, and you need to do it. Because we were frozen by our fear, right? It was like, yeah, somebody's saying this,
2: but it's scary and so especially when the other business is coming to you so like we knew in the beginning that we were supposed to be a digital agency only that was really our sweet spot that was you know what was profitable and honestly it was hard enough being early adapters in our area of just having to learn everything we had to learn consistently to grow but other business came to us right and and it was what everybody else was doing, which was more traditional, you know, agency marketing and media bias and things like that. And, you know, I just feel like we just didn't have the, I mean, we didn't have the courage to turn it down. Sure. And because it seemed like, well, this was the easier path. And okay, we'll get back to doing the digital agency thing eventually. And it took us being in a tough situation for us to finally say, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna just double down and either make it or not make it. And it was the best thing we did. It took us an extra couple of years that I really wish we hadn't done that. We'd be further ahead now. Yeah, absolutely. So
1: when we talk about defining your target market, we actually really strongly encourage people to get almost ridiculously detailed about this target audience. So when we talk about profiling, we're really talking about profiling. Pick a name for the person. Most of us (laughs) companies, most of us are dealing probably with maybe two or three different types of points of contact when we're talking about our business. Um, For us here at Beacon, we're often talking to the owner of the business or we're talking to a clinic director when we're in our niche of mental health or we're talking maybe to a provider who's also the owner or also the clinician or the clinic director because of everything that's going on in their business. So we typically have two or three profiles, even within our primary niche of mental health. We have other secondary niches, and we have different target audiences for those. And we run different campaigns for those other niches. But within our primary niche of mental health marketing, we have three primary profiles. And we tailor our marketing to that. And one of the things that we even, you know, we call it out, you know, this is Bob. He's the clinic director, you know, kind of a thing of XYZ mental health company. And he's got five different providers that work with him. You know, he has a background in mental health and now decided to take it to a bigger level. But we go deeper than that. We speculate on his wife and we name his wife and how many kids he has and how many of them are in college. And is he a guy that plays golf when he's not doing this? Or is he a guy that likes to fly and maybe has his own private plane and his own pilot's license. And so you've got to build this profile in your mind of this target audience. And Jen, why is that important to build it down that deep to really understand and profile out your target audience?
2: Well, especially in the digital space, there are so many opportunities to be able to reach people based on where they're maybe like they're reading an online magazine or something like that for pleasure. And like, I'm just thinking about one of our clients that we know the marketing director, the clinic director is really, really into gardening. And if our ads or the ads for the person that you're trying to reach, then show up in the gardening area in the area like where they're already really interested, that's the no like and trust piece so that goes well beyond the business. Now it's like we have a connection outside of that business. So the more that you know about them, like we I have a client that he's a spin instructor. He also is a doctor and he's the head of a clinic that is one of our clients. And I also love spin and we've connected on spinning, you know, separately outside of that. But it's the same thing that you can do online on digital. Those deepen the relationships, those deepen the connections it's saying to somebody, I see you for who you are. You're not just seeing them as a commodity or a dollar figure, but you're relating to them on a different level. So it seems, you know, a little deep. I mean, I can tell sometimes people really question, like, why are we going this deep on these people? But you're reaching real people and real people have multifacets of things that they care about. So, I mean, the one thing I I really advise staying away from is probably politics or religion and really going into those two areas. But as far as interests and things that they're passionate about and how that may even relate to your product on a, again, back to the the HVAC on travel, like you being able to connect with somebody on their love of travel, like makes a much deeper connection for them on why they would want your product and the value that your product brings to them by reaching them in that travel space and reaching them with a message that talks to, we know that you love to travel every month or every other month. And so we've provided this solution for you. That's totally different message than you should really come by our cool HVAC technology because we're amazing. Right. Like there's, like night and day of how someone's right. going to respond to that, you know, because you're, again, you're meeting them where they're at. And if you can get beneath the layer of the surface and you can meet them in a place that, that is their happy place or is something that they really care about, whether it's being a parent and having those concerns and you can meet them there. It just, the one thing I would say caveat wise on this is that, you know, it needs to be authentic needs to be real that has to match with your brand authentically, because I think that can swing the other direction where it can feel. And I think we've all felt this from brands where it can feel very manipulative, you know, we've all seen brands that try to appeal to a particular target and just, suck at it, you know, and we're just like, what are you doing? It's not genuine. It's it's not right. I'm thinking of like a Pepsi ad from years ago and they were trying to address the Black Lives Matter. And it was just like, what are you doing? Like they did it so poorly and it was, it didn't match their brand. It wasn't authentic to who they were. And so people just mocked it. Mm -hmm. People can tell when you're not being genuine. So I, I guess the, I mean, I know we're talking about going deep and I, completely agree how critical and and actually how incredibly helpful that is to advance your business and to really meet the right people. Just make sure you're doing it in a way that actually is authentic and matches your brand as well.
1: Absolutely. And so one of the pieces of helping you be authentic in your messaging is really going back to what we were talking about last week in knowing who you are, knowing what your story is, knowing what you're for and knowing what you're against, and then that really plays into the pain point question because that is always part of this profile that you have to understand is what is it, what is the pain point that you're really addressing, the core pain point, not the symptoms, not the stuff on the outside, but what is really the core of what your target audience is frustrated about, what is causing them anxiety, and that's the pain point that you want to address. So share a little bit about how you walk people through kind of identifying that pain point in their clients and kind of narrowing that messaging down, Jen.
2: So yeah, such a good question. I think that the first place to start with is probably why you even got into doing what you're doing now. So like Adrienne talked about in the first episode that what got her really motivated to do marketing and to morph her business in a different direction was all the feedback she was getting from friends and family, you know, I'm frustrated. I don't, I don't understand this marketing industry. I can't afford it. I don't know how to get my messaging out there. You know, everything's changing online, you know, so anecdotally she had all this feedback and information that actually was the spark that started the business. You probably have a similar story. I know I do. I mean, I definitely had many clients coming to me after a former position where I worked in the digital media world and they're like, hey, we really need your help. We don't understand the social media thing. We know that you know, we need to be doing this, but we don't have time nor the knowledge to do it. You seem like you know it. Can you help us? So we both had similar stories along those lines. Now, that's a starting point of why you started your business. And then you know, once you get it established and you start getting feedback from current clients, this is such a critical piece, which again, I feel like we learned the hard way. You have the ability then to be very intentional. So at this point, you started it, you're getting some feedback, you're helping clients, you're growing your business. This is the opportunity you have to actually interview the clients you have. Find out, are we hitting the pain points that you have? Are there other things that we don't know about? You know, are we solving your problems? Are there other problems that you're having that we don't know? Now you've got a relationship. You have the best focus group in the world, you know, people who are already decided to do business with you. and they're usually really willing to tell the truth. You know, it's so easy to think, okay, I've just got to go get the next client. I just got to go get the next thing and not even recognize the gold that you have right in front of you. Um, So that's first place to start to go deeper to get that information. And then what we did a lot of since our industry was changing so rapidly, and it continues to do this, is I spent a ton of time on research. So researching what we would consider to be like the experts in our industry, HubSpot, Neil Patel, HubSpot started putting out like a state of marketing report on digital marketing, you know, so what are other agencies experiencing? What are their clients saying? You know, so sort of getting that information that really helped. And then just, you know, watching trends, like what are the statistics that are coming out of, How many people are wanting to use Facebook but aren't comfortable? That information is out there. Usually in almost every industry, you can find it. Joining networking organizations that are in your industry, that can be another way. If you have an established industry, that can really help. The one thing I would say with that is that depending on what your industry is and your point of view is, if you're more of an innovator or disruptor... You almost can take that information and figure out how you can do something a little bit different, right? Like what's the norm and how can I address a problem differently? But the core is ask the people who've already decided to do business with you, ask them, are you hitting their pain points? And it's scary to do that because you don't want them to say no, (laughs) but it's fantastic information if you're just willing to really hear them and then implement that, the stuff that we've done like that over the years has been the most impactful on our business. I remember coming to you, Adrian, like a couple of years in, and I was like, oh my gosh, Adrian, like we've got to master Google, you know, like we've been so focused on social media and our clients started, you know, really telling us, hey, we need to show up on search results. We need to, you know, be able to do PPC and pay-per-click and That wasn't something that we had yet, but we knew based on the client feedback, that was the next step. That was what they were telling us the problem that they needed us to solve. And by being really responsive like that, not only do you make your clients feel like they're part of your process and that they're in it with you, but you just keep getting better and better at your niche and solving problems.
1: Absolutely. Well, and I think something that we, just to build on what you said, like when we first started go deeper into what our clients' pain points were, our prospects' pain points were, it was intimidating because we're not Kellogg's. We don't have millions to fly focus group people from all over the country to our high-tech facility and ask them questions and have... But we still needed this question answered. And I've always just thought what Jen did, what she just articulated by calling our clients and asking the questions, was one of the best things that, like she said, that we've ever done. And it took courage for her to do that, like she said. And we did get some feedback that wasn't great, and we had to make adjustments. But the adjustments meant we kept the client because we asked them those questions, and then we adjusted, and now we were hitting their pain point, whereas before they might not have ever told us, and then we would have she won't clients. tell you. Yeah,
2: they no. she won't.
1: So a lot of the last point I want to make before we wrap up today is that you can do a focus group like Jen was describing, on a much smaller scale. Even if you're all by yourself in your company or it's you and two employees or three employees, you can still do these focus groups and it's worth the extra time. It will solve so many problems for you in the long run. And so just encourage you to step out and to ask those questions of your clients and even ask your clients if there's anybody they think would also have some good input. Even if they're not your client, you might end up with a new client, or you might end up with some information you hadn't heard before. And I think a lot of us business owners and entrepreneurs, especially when we're starting, when we hear focus groups, we think something huge and gargantuan, and it doesn't have to be that. So I just want to wrap up with really encouraging you to do what you can with what you have in front of you and just keep building one step at a time. So thank you for joining us today. Just to wrap up, we talked a lot about target audiences and why they're important to build that profile and why it's important to go deep and also the importance of asking the tough questions and really digging in and using your current client base as your point, pain point. And if you don't have a current client base, start with your friends and family and ask for referrals for who you can talk to. So again, thank you for joining Jen and I today. And we hope you join us next week for our next message. Thank
0: you. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Beacon Way. We hope you enjoyed it and had some good takeaways. Please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And if you've enjoyed the show, please give us some stars on your podcast channel of choice. For more information, tips and notes from the show, check us out at beaconmm.com. For more information on how Beacon can help market your business, email us at welcome at beaconmm.com.